right, welcome everyone. Today is kind of a special edition for us. We haven't, it's our first time we actually get to talk about blacktail, which if you're anybody from the, the west side of the states, um, you know what we're talking about when you get kind of that fever to go out and the weather starts turning a little bit and you've already maybe already killed a nice bull <laughs> or not. <laughs> but now's the opportunity to get out there and go start trying to kill what we would consider a nice blacktail, but as Jake would always say, any blacktail is a nice blacktail. Yes. Um, but he will be the first one to shoot anything as well, so we're not <laughs> sure if that's a good thing or not. So I want to introduce you to Jake Siegel and John Eastburn. Hi, guys. Um, I see you guys are sporting some nice gear there. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, uh, That's pretty cool. I like that. Maybe... Maybe the host gets a free hoodie at, after the show type of thing? I don't think so, Jeff. Okay, that's fair <laughs> enough. A half price is fine. Um, all right, so first thing we're going to do, guys, make sure that you text in, go live to 77453. And what that's going to do is make sure anytime we have these unique events or maybe we launch a bow here in a, a month or so or less, um, you'll be the first to know about that. And you can join us here in studio and ask us questions. The other thing is, anybody who's joining us now, we have Instagram running. We also have our Facebook pages running. Um, and ask some questions and make sure we answer those live with the two experts in the blacktail hunting side of things. And we will love to get those answered for you. So with that, let's start out with a few questions for you, <clears throat> Mr. Siegel and Eastburn. You have something there, John? Oh, well, I was just, I, you know, I was, I was um, listening to your introduction, and thank you for having us. We're very happy to be here um, talking about a subject that is so near and dear to our hearts and a lot of other people's hearts out there in the Northwest, I'm sure. But you may be asking yourself, experts, who are these guys? Uh, what or who uh, said that these guys are expert in, in blacktail hunting? And, and my, the caveat I would say to that is we've made a lot of mistakes, a lot. And in those mistakes... Uh, John, we're going to keep this to blacktail hunting. <laughs> oh, just blacktail yes. hunting? Okay. <laughs> Not just life. Not Where are we? General. That's a different Where are we at? We can do the life one later. Uh, this, this is safe. So place. we're, yeah, so uh, in this room. short time we have together, uh, hopefully you can learn from some of our mistakes and that equates <clears throat> to some success. So. Well, good. Yeah. Experts in the very loosest form of the word. Yep. And that's, that's I would say that's for everybody in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing all right. <laughs> Um, well, let's get let's kick it right off, guys. So there's if you kind of look at the breakdown of blacktail, you guys kind of identified a few core areas where you're going to see a different type of blacktail, and let's just talk about those first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, just like you know, whitetails. Um, you know, the the whitetail you find in in Texas and the southern part of the states, compared to uh, the Midwest uh, and even west now, uh, and then in Canada are kind of. They're de definitely different types right. of deer. So and the same thing you, you see with blacktail. Um, while not as widespread, you still see a different type of deer. Um, you know, obviously, uh, just to find a blacktail, you got to be on the West Coast. Um, all the way up and down the West Coast, you can find blacktail. Um, being from Oregon um, and hunting here in you know, Washington, Oregon, uh, you do kind of have two different types. Uh, what we kind of consider a valley buck, which, you know, if you run up and down the I-5 border, so if you're not familiar with the West Coast, uh, you know, basically like Seattle, Portland, Eugene, you know, Sacramento, all the way down there, those are your you're kind of your valley deer. Um, so you're just on the, the mountain range is basically splitting mm -hmm. your, your <clears throat> bucks. Right, and this is specific to the Colombian blacktail. There's two you know, subspecies. There's the Sitka blacktail, which you would find in Southeast Alaska and in British Columbia, but uh, which I have never hunted before someday maybe. Uh, but 
it, in, in terms of this conversation, Colombian black-tailed deer and the geographic areas that Jake just mm -hmm. talked about. So, and, and, and like he was saying, and there's not, uh, you know, uh, uh, actual terminology out there that, hey, this is a, this is a valley deer, this is, uh, mm -hmm. this is a mountain deer. These are, this is kind of, you know, slang, will you, for, for local mm -hmm. jargon for where these deer but are But is there a difference at. between those? So if you're new to the area and you're just getting into mm -hmm. to blacktail hunting, which yeah. a lot of guys are, and there's a big interest. I know we've all kind of hunted all over the United States, and people always go, can I go out there and hunt blacktail with you? Yeah. And it's not that easy as, you know, you have yeah. a stand and you go up and you go, mm -hmm. great, I have the, this buck over mm -hmm. here and this buck comes in here. But is there a big difference between the actual animals from, let's say, you say a valley buck or a, maybe potentially a coastal buck to a mountain buck? What are we looking at between those three? The, the difference you're going to find, first of all, is elevation. So the valley deer, I mean, you can kind of figure, you know, they're going to be found at lower elevations, a lot of private land. Um, their food sources are a little bit different because being in the valley, you have, you know, a lot of uh, farmlands, a lot of crops. So, you know, these deer are going to be uh, typically... Uh, a little bit more like your whitetail as far as where they live and how they eat and how they behave. Um, the higher elevation deer, uh, the mountain bucks as we like to call them, usually see, uh, you know, it's just a little bit more of a shouldery buck, you know, they're just, they're just bigger. They live in high elevations all the time. So their, you know, their way of life is a little bit different. Yeah. So their food source is different. Um, but man, they grow some big bucks up there. So the mountain buck's going to be a bigger buck, not just body-wise, but what about rack size? Is that typically going Gen hand in hand? or Generally, generally. Um, you always have those you know, phenomenons out there where yeah. some guy kills a, a, a huge buck, which, by the way, if you don't have blacktail, I believe a, to enter a buck in the book is 95 inches. So Pope and Young. Pope and young. So that's, we're talking just so you get a general idea of horn size here. Mm -hmm. um, so well, we have one right here. So there you go. There you go. And that is what you think? Well, say, so first of all, it's a valley deer. Um, yeah. Shot that uh, just not too far from here. And, you know, that's a pretty typical represent representation of a, of a nice. That's a mature buck. Mature buck, yeah. So yeah. what he scores, I, I didn't put a tape on him, but, I mean, that's. That's a nice buck. So um, I think, you know. You wouldn't pass this up. In, I will in, not. In no. the valley. No. Most people probably wouldn't even come close to passing this this up. No. No. To each their own. But yeah, it's a nice buck for yeah. sure. So, yeah. But that's that's kind of a typical representation as you get higher. Um, mm. And uh, if you see the mass, get, you see more mass on the bucks. Um, and it just depends. But they just seem to be uh, a little bit uh, a bigger deer. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I mean, for equated to areas and you were from the midwest jake mm -hmm. create it from some of those different kind of areas or territories where you see bigger bucks and it's, it could be a state over and all of a sudden these bucks blow up in size yeah. and body and rags mm -hmm. that's kind of similar to some of the blacktail mm -hmm. environment yeah the genetics in that area right. just naturally are producing bigger deer but not mm -hmm. bigger bucks but also bigger does yeah uh, talk to us about if someone's fawns. huge fawns huge fawns, huge fawns. <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> I wonder if anybody's fawn. ever shot like a fawn thinking, anyway, well, a different story another time for John Eastburn. But um, yeah. what about yeah. mapping? If people are using them mm -hmm. nowadays, you, you mentioned, Jake, especially in the Valley, there's a lot of private property. And this may be the same true for a lot of people in California region all the way up to Washington, where you're kind of bordering BLM or even some forest service or things of that nature. It seems as if the things, and I'm Everybody has them on their phone, Hunt Stan and Onyx, and there's a bunch of them. I didn't mention names, sorry. But 
that seems to be a good way at least to get people started to start to look at those areas. And then we'll get into what are they looking for once they get to those areas. But have you guys had any experience with some of the mapping? Well, I would say, um, th yeah, those definitely come into play. Uh, more for if when you're talking in the valley area on where to hunt is where not to hunt. Uh, you don't want to be on private property and, and get in trouble because um, a lot of it, there's no fence lines, um, there's no break in habitat. So those are definitely going to help you out there. Um, you know, Google Earth is also a really good tool um, in finding areas that, that are going to look bucky or deery in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as, you know, finding a spot, let's talk about the valley first, I guess. And in, in, in far as finding a spot, you know, to go, um, generally speaking, you're going to hunt clear cuts and clear cuts are logged areas. Um, and that is for, you know, typically a spot and stock type atmosphere. You can, if you do find a hot area or hot trail, you can throw up a stand, but that is where the concentration of deer are going to be in the valley, unless there's fruit around this time of year, um, then you won't hunt those fruit trees. Uh, but, uh, um, that is where you want to start. You know, that's a good starting point. Find two, three-year-old logged areas, you know, sit down, spend some time there behind the glass and, mm -hmm. and try to find some deer. I mean, nothing, nothing helps better than getting with someone that has actually had some experience in that area, even if it's just for a day or two and getting an opportunity to go, hey, kind of walk me through the ropes. If they're willing, I know it's a lot like fishing sometimes where it's like, well, can't show them all the spots type mm -hmm. of deal, but finicky. It can folk, be, yeah. Uh, but yeah, to, to John's point, you got to just look. You got to get out there. You got to look mm -hmm. through the maps, make sure you're not on private property length. Um, we do have a couple of questions that actually came in, but I'm going to reserve those because they feed right into the next the next subject matter. Okay. And that's um, well, you know what? We'll ask the question because it will lead us into that. Proceed. Proceed. <laughs> Where do you like to hunt? This is from Jared Hutchinson. Jared Hutchinson, we just gave you twenty five dollar. Botech Apparel will get you a gift code. Facebook us. We should take care of. Um, where do you like to hunt blacktail in the late archery season in November time? Do you mm -hmm. want to go up high? Do you want to go down low? And I know you mentioned something earlier, yeah. Jake, about maybe how the season's coming together mm -hmm. with the weather. Yeah, so we, we had mentioned that the two type of deer. I think for like this question, uh, just because valley deer, you you... You generally don't see as much movement with those deer just because you know the concentration is usually a little bit higher you know the food sources are a little bit more um, consistent so those deer you can kind of hunt similarly as you would you know a whitetail where they're going to react the same way uh, in November right you know, so the, there is a, a bit of a difference though on these high country deer and so to Jared's question which is a good question, and that's usually the first question you, you hear from somebody that is either coming out on a hunt or is new to the area, like, hey, where do I start? And I was there, you know, 10, 12 years ago when I moved out here, I was like, I was just overwhelmed. Right. So luckily had some people to help me out and, and, and kind of went from there. But um, usually, so if you're looking at a high country, high elevation, um, these deer live throughout the summer um, at a very high, you know, these bucks live at a high elevation. They're very nocturnal animals. I would say even more so than a whitetail. You rarely ever see them in the summertime. Um, even in the late late summer, early fall, they're very, very hard to find. So uh, when the rut comes around, like most other species, you know, you do have an increased chance of seeing these deer. Um, weather plays a really big part of that. Um, the more snow on a good snow year, as we say, I mean, you guys in this room definitely know we've had those good snow years where you see a lot of snow at high elevations. Well, naturally, the does and the bucks have to move down to find, you know, to get below that snow level to find food. 
and with the does come the bucks. So if you can follow that snow line, uh, you know if you're ha you know if you're fortunate enough to be in a good snow year, um, usually your chances go up dramatically. So in the mountains, um, you know, find that that snow line. Sometimes you got to go up pretty high to find it. Um, and so here's a little different. Maybe it's not the same in some of the the Midwest where you don't have a, a huge elevation change across mm -hmm. the state. <clears throat> But in the Blacktail region here, we're going all the way from the valley here is about 450 feet or 475 feet or so. And I know 5,000 will go up to 5,000 plus in mm -hmm. some areas. Yeah. 5,000 is a good kind of the high peak area for it. But that snow level, it can change here overnight and, and you could have a, it dumped on for a weekend and it turns yeah. into prime hunting time. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but does that snow, when that snow is pushing them down, is it? A combination of the fact that they're losing their food source, potentially, so now they're having to find a new food source. They don't have their same bedding habits that they had previously. And like you said, when it's in the rut, they're doing one thing's on their mind, and they're going to act similar to a white tail, maybe not quite as aggressive as that. But um, you put those three together, and that starts to make the perfect storm with the snow. It's really <laughs> perfect storm. See what you did there. So that's... But that's a lot of country to cover that, but it kind of, if you think about it, that elevation really helps you a lot because now if you're, like you mentioned, Jake, if you're kind of at that level of where it's huntable, it's not too much snow and you're pushing those, those deer down, all that mm -hmm. area above now becomes almost unhuntable because there's not as many deer in there. Concentrates the deer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Generally those deer in those higher elevations, yeah, they're, they're going through their rut phases that time of year, but they're also, they're migratory deer. Right. So when there's weather, you know, uh oh, there's snow, we better get down to, you know, our wintering grounds. Um, and so, yeah, you're exactly right. They're migrating and it's concentrating. Right. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the rut and we had another question in here is um, this one's from Nick. How, how much different is hunting blacktail deer than hunting muleys in Colorado? I know you both have experience hunting in Colorado as well. And are their rutting behaviors the same? And maybe we can share just the difference because a lot of people are watching this are probably whitetail hunters. Uh, a lot of people are mule deer hunters and then not as many blacktail. Maybe you can explain kind of the different rutting behaviors between the three that you see here and answer his question directly, I guess, is the second piece. Of, is is uh, blacktail deer hunting different than muleys in Colorado? We'll start with the rut question. So uh, the, I say the biggest difference and... and you know, jump in here if I'm off on this, but I would say the biggest difference between the mule deer rut and the blacktail rut is you don't have that concentration that that herd of of deer when 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 you see mule deer together. Um, and again, it kind of depends. Mule deer cover a very vast landscape, so I'm thinking, and and I'm not sure exactly where he's talking about, but when you think of your stereotypical rut hunt for a mule deer. A uh, little bit more open spaces, uh, colder weather, so those deer are starting to concentrate together. Um, so you'll see multiple bucks in a herd of, of deer. Blacktail still a little bit more solitary. So, and again, it's just because of the broken landscape and the and you know again this high, these high elevation deer. Uh, you're you're hunting some really steep, gnarly, nasty areas. Think. You know, I mean, if you've watched any outdoor TV, usually every once a year, somebody puts a blacktail hunt on to fill a spot. So, yeah. um, but it's, it's like rainforest, right? So <laughs> you just can't see very well. Um, so generally, if you're finding a buck in the rut, um, you know, you'll see a buck. Um, you know, maybe you'll see two, you know, 10 minutes apart, you know, following a doe. So the difference being 
um, in the two rut uh, environments is is one environment period. It's just it's hard to see. Yeah, yeah so, habitat yeah. oriented. Yeah. Well, in your whitetail scenario, <clears throat> I mean, we've all sat in stands where it's just like this is crazy. There's a little buck mm-hmm. comes through, and then another buck comes through, and it's not a shooter. It's not a shooter. And for Jake, it's shooter, 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 shot. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but that, buck down, buck down. Freezer, talk freezer, about freezer. A different, <laughs> Talk about a different experience, right? I mean, yeah. we've actually all had the opportunity to hunt together yeah. um, kind of down south. And it's, it's very interesting to sit there and watch and go, you're almost going to the guy, whoever you're hunting with, going, are you sure you can't shoot this buck? Are you sure you can't shoot this buck? Because the population seems to be so high. And in that rut, man, they are just chasing does through their crazy... You t- that's not the same experience necessarily in the blacktail mm-hmm. world. Well, if you had, you know, a buck or two come in or you saw, like Jake said, it was one was chasing a doe, you're fortunate to get to see multiple bucks in your morning hunt or your evening hunt. Yeah, just to reiterate, because of the habitat that they live in, you know, thick, nasty stuff, um, and then population, right? Yeah. Um, there's there's not as many, the, the, the densities aren't there. Mm-hmm. Typically speaking, uh, with the blacktails, yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of blacktail hunters. If you're hunting out of a tree stand, or even still hunting, days we're talking days before you might see a deer. <laughs> that doesn't sound like it's brutal. Come on out to Oregon, but there are those days, just like you know, with with mule deer and whitetail, where you get that magical day and you yeah. see two deer. Yeah, and I think that's <laughs> kind of the the prize of it is when you yeah. get the, the opportunity to finally harvest one. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a pretty cool pretty cool thing. Um, I had one thing in here. Blacktails are sneaky. Yes, Darren, they are. And then Darren also asked, any hints on the 2019 products? Um, I'll give you a hint. We're going to have 2019 products. They are, um, I'm going to say this, there's actually a couple of them. You're, you're going to like that. The, the flagship is going to blow you guys away. It's pretty awesome. Um, and maybe it has a, a partner with it as well. But that's all I can say about that or I get in trouble. <clears throat> You were going to add something to that, Jake? Well, one thing that that kind of resonated with me when I moved out here, again, because I moved from Wisconsin, which obviously completely different environment, was, uh, and I think hopefully it'll help the folks that are, are listening and watching, is um, you guys, we all watched the History Channel and saw all the logging shows. Um, uh, what are those called, names? Axemen, yeah. So logging is huge, huge business out here. And... Blacktails and a lot of other species love loggers because they create an amazing habitat uh, as far as um, you know new food, new food source. So, not only food but cover, um, and that's one thing uh, to the question that came I think from Jared earlier on as far as like where to hunt these deer. Um, you know, logging. <laughs> if you can follow the logging that happens, um, obviously when you log an area, it comes back in stages and, you know, you can see cuts that have happened 25 years ago and some that have happened five years ago. Yeah. And, you know, there's the kind of that magical uh, area and that, that time frame when those deer love a size of, of reprod, of regrowth, because it provides <laughs> a lot of cover and a lot of food. Food source. Mm-hmm. We actually, I apologize. We, I thought there wasn't as many questions and I was scrolling the wrong way. There's a lot of questions. So we're actually going to, we're going to hit those questions real quick. And we won't spend as much time on them because I want to get through quite a a lot of them. Um, This is from Miles Kendrick. Miles Kendrick. See this new gear, Miles? I'll buy it. Jeff, I will buy this. You, you message us. I'll get you some of this new gear. My treat. Uh, for you, and maybe that that one's more expensive. Maybe a t-shirt. <laughs> maybe a t-shirt. Um, 
typically, are you doing spot and stock, or do you typically sit in a tree stand when you're blacktail hunting? And maybe this is different from environment where mm -hmm. you're hunting valley compared to mountain bucks, but. If you're, I can just assume if the snow levels going right. down and bucks are right. moving and your stand's up there, yeah. it's not going to do you much good when it's yeah. covered in a foot of snow. Yeah, 50-50, um, I would say, and, it, and it, it all goes back to habitat. In an area, if you know that there's good buck bedding and it's really, really thick, and but there's also does in there, maybe it sets up next to a unit, that might be a spot where we would choose a tree stand sit. <clears throat> Especially in a clear cut that might be two to six, seven years old, has a lot of feet in it, that butts up next to uh, dark timber or timber that is big enough you can get a tree up in. We call that reprod. And generally that's, you know, 10 to 20 year old uh, trees. So that would be a circumstance where we'd pick a tree stand um, just because you can't sneak through that. But if it's, uh, if it's rainy, and you have some 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 cover, some sound cover, uh, and you're hunting an area that might be a little bit more open, bigger timber up high, um, or spot and stock if you can find deer in a clear cut before you know in those early light hours or late in the day, um, then it's you know then it's a spot and stock game. Yeah, I mean a lot of that I would say is you had mentioned the the deer density isn't nearly as much as blacktail necessarily, and also there's a lot of big open country and you're looking at some, you know canyons mm -hmm. and ridges and mountains. Yeah. If you, you can spot and stock some of that, you can glass a, a deer up across the canyon. Um, is a great feeling because you found one, but then the, the real hard work comes in. You can close that distance to that 200 yards, but after that, the environment changes so rapidly. That's I think that is probably the most difficult situation to be in, is to close the distance on a mature buck. Mm. Um, after you've, first he's probably getting a little spooky. He's been out there for quite a while, but he's mm. trying to get to bed. But that doesn't give you much opportunity in that. But mm -hmm. I get, you don't have a lot of options if you're in certain countries because you can't be sitting in a stand necessarily. But yeah. it seems as almost as if some of the valley stuff, since it's kind of dense little areas of private property and others, that seems to be a stand-oriented locations. Is that true? <clears throat> yeah, I would say I would say that's definitely true um, because of the habitat. Like you say, <clears throat> the deer in the valley. Um, they don't move much throughout the throughout the day. You know, they can literally bed, feed at night, and go back to bed and water within 200 yards in a lot of cases, yeah. just because it's so plentiful. So, when those so I, I would spot and stock that really hard. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and you would do it in about five minutes. No, yeah. You'd high step through there and mm -hmm. get your buck, and everything's like, gone. I'll yes. just blow them all. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you want to you want to get as close in as you can, and then get a stand up. And that's all about probably very similar to whitetail hunting. It's about easy access in without blowing your your deer out. Make sure the wind's yeah. right, but you're not pushing yeah. that little territory. Maybe you're hitting little border mm -hmm. areas or whatnot. Um, good questions, guys. There was another question here. This is from Stacy. Uh, Stacy, I will also buy you a sh one of their new shirts. We'll go through that here. You have to Facebook us in. Our guys behind the camera are laughing at me because they know it's a chore to do that. My treat on on me slash Botech, and that is going to be. <laughs> so, what's the difference between a blacktail and a mule deer? And we get that question a lot here. Like, oh, you guys have mule deer over there, a blacktail, right? Same thing. Yeah. Well, no, they're 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 not. But John, I know you you've hunted mule deer quite a bit over over your years. Yeah. What have you seen? <clears throat> Let's just talk about the pure genetic of it for a second, and then we'll just talk a little bit about the activity on the two differences. And if you could use the scientific names for both, that would be great. Yeah. Oh, I actually knew that at one point. Uh, this is where the expert. But it's one of those deals, like if you don't <laughs> use it, you lose it type of yeah. deal. 
Um, so um, from a genetic standpoint, they're very, very similar. They actually are the only two deer species as far as, you know, mule deer, whitetail, blacktail that can, um, you could, that can hybridize, so they can hybrid, they can breed together. A mule deer and a whitetail, generally speaking, very, very unsuccessful, even in closed environments. Um, something about the synapses and the, you know, the hormones and the genetics not linking up just doesn't really work, you know, all that. But well they try. Too. But they try. Okay. Oh, they try. Doesn't stop. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they try. try. But uh, specifically speaking, in Oregon, um, you know, California, Washington, there's a, a mountain range, the Cascade Mountain Range. Anything generally to the east of that mountain range is going to be a mule deer, and anything to the west to the coastline is going to be considered a blacktail. Uh, Horn-wise, they look very similar, but you know the farther you get, you know, apart from that from that point on the map, you know, you, the uh, the distinctions become pretty evident. You know, mule deer is going to have pretty white ears, uh, where blacktail is going to have you know uh, you know ears are going to be closer mm -hmm. together. But uh, hopefully that answers. Yeah. I'm larger. I mean, mule deer are much much larger. Yeah. Yeah, um, you'll see that mm -hmm. body-wise and rack-wise typically, mm -hmm. it seems like. This is kind of an interesting one. This gentleman actually lives close by here, but he, and this is um, just from your experience, I know that you probably have multiple cameras out already. Um, make sure you turn them on. That's always a good start. Mm. We've had that before. Uh, this gentleman's name's Eric. He says, I actually work right down the road from, from you guys. Um, he says he hasn't noticed any bucks movement this year for the last three or four weeks. He's running eight cameras. Um, in kind of the foothold areas, he says, I'm sure it'll change as the rut gets closer to seems out. And I think when he's saying I'm sure it changes, mm -hmm. like more of I hope it changes because yeah. that's the case. But that kind of comes back to your point potentially of the, the weather patterns and, yeah. and the warmth, how warm it's been and kind of those type of things as well. But maybe there's more to it than that. So yeah. he said foothill areas? Yeah, he hasn't seen it mm -hmm. as much. He's, he's actually in the Lebanon area, which is just sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I... Um, Exact location yeah. was yeah. Uh, well, I hopefully Eric, Eric realizes by submitting his question, <laughs> it's an automatic invite. Yeah. Yeah. We would love to come hunt with you. Especially with that many cameras. Cordon that's a really good. That's a really good part of the part yeah. of the state. But we'll Jake, Jake, yeah. is, has kind of experiencing the same thing right now. Yeah, for sure. So Eric, I I feel your pain, and I mean this is a this a safe place. You know, it's just more of a support group. <laughs> Things will get better. I promise. Uh, no, I listen. So. Uh, Got some property myself, uh, just a few acres out of town, and uh, you know it, it borders some BLM and um, a lot of deer. I see a lot of deer all year in my yard. They're around, but I generally never see any bucks except for the two little spike buck brothers that keep eating my plants. But uh, the last two years, I've been <clears throat> in the, your your shoes, man, and it's it's a bit discouraging until about right now. Um, I just. Checked my cameras a couple of days ago, and there was finally, finally, some bucks on there, um, and not, you know, decent bucks. And there was a small buck in my yard um, the other day, you know, like that I hadn't seen before. So uh, more so than whitetails, and I can't speak to mule deer as much because I haven't lived around them or, or hunted them as much. But these blacktail bucks just seem to hang tight until it's right till the very end. I mean, yeah. when you know, when those does start to come into estrus. Boom, and when is there. that typically here? You should start seeing activity like, you know, end of October and then all through November. November should be really, really good. We're, uh, I saw on the weather forecast, we're potentially going to get some rain tonight. Mm -hmm. I would be willing to bet once that rain hits, because we, we've been in a dry spell. It's yeah, been really have, nice yeah, and mm -hmm. hot. Um, once that weather changes, those it'll start happening. Mm -hmm. There's another question about the, um, 
since rain is water, and then there's a question about water sources. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we know from experience a lot of the whitetail areas, they're going to be back and forth from a water source or have to hit that water source. Yeah. So if you, you kind of find that area and you have the ability to get to it, that's great. Um, the question they have is, is blacktail, do they operate the same? Can you kind of hunt the water source or do you want to look at that a little bit differently? I, I, I wouldn't would, put as much, yeah. <laughs> being yeah. in, in, especially in, in later in the year when we get so much <laughs> rain, um, it's just water, there's water everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It, there, yeah, there might be maybe in, uh, like Northern California on a drought mm -hmm. year, there might be a circumstance where you have deer coming to a water hole on a consistent basis. But as far as, you know, Oregon, Washington are concerned on our driest years where we've been, you know, way below our rainfall expectancy, there's... I've had no problem finding water, you yep. know, in, in little creeks and drainages. They don't need much. And so having a, a spot where a deer is going to be consistent is it's going to be really mm -hmm. tough. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put much uh, weight in hunting water. This might help Eric out. It said, uh, Justin says here, he saw, he saw the first buck chasing a doe three, do three days ago. So that maybe it's warming up just a little yeah. bit. Where's Ju does Justin say where he's at? Um, he's going to send me coordinates. Off, South Texas. Off South. <laughs> So, that's a little late. A little so, early. A little late. <laughs> um, Josh says he killed a buck with this rain last year. Nice. Or, realm, excuse me, last cool. year. Um, they're both great bows. I mean, they'll kill anything. I apparently do. Um, there was another question, and you kind of answered this a little bit, John, but it was, will the blacktails run with the mule deer, or will they only kind of get together during the rut season? And that is <clears> from Cindy. Cindy. Um, so <laughs> there's a, so to answer your question, Cindy, that's a good question. Um, the, um, the geographical barriers that we're talking about, you know, the, the Cascade mountain range, they're pretty, they're pretty big, they're pretty big mountains. So generally speaking, you are not going to see that too much. Um, however, uh, on a very, on a very small Mm -hmm. level uh there has been you know there has been blacktails killed on the other side of the mountain mm -hmm. and there's there every year you hear of one or two muleys that yeah. get shot you know in southern oregon where the you know the elevations are kind of mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. you know they aren't as drast and you know maybe a mule deer came over but generally speaking no you don't see them running together there's i mean the uh, the species you know they're we're 150 miles probably separating the two and there's a big you know mountain range in the middle and mm -hmm. So but you do see influence. You know, you'll, you'll shoot yeah. a, a, a mule deer buck or, or a blacktail buck. And, you know, of course, we're all experts at that point after it's on the ground. You're like, man, uh, it's got some mule deer influence in there, some yeah. DNA in there. Yeah. 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 I'm sure there is maybe at some point. but Yeah, it seems very distinctive. Like, uh, I know you and I kind of hunt, all, all of us actually hunt mule deer in the early season. And it's just different environments, too. Like you mm -hmm. guys have mentioned. Way different habitat, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a good question here about if you spot a big blacktail in person or on camera, in person, we'll call you a liar. Uh, <laughs> I like how I said, Gary, that's good. You, you know, if you're going to say you saw a big one and nobody saw it besides you, yeah, yeah they're going to question it. <laughs> so, um, can you assume that he will always be in that general area? It's probably a two part question. Um, and what do you think their range is pre hunt? And then what do you think their range is during the rut? Now, that's a big, big difference in, in changes. So give them kind of set it up a little bit, Jake. You're the white kind of white tail expert, is mm. a double expert. That's pretty impressive, actually. It's on my card. Yep. Uh, 
to my resume. <laughs> Let me see that resume. Um, so, just put in perspective, like, mm-hmm. what would you see that in the whitetail world? What is there, if you saw a big buck in that general mm-hmm. area, was there a good chance that you would get to see it again? And during the rut, how far is that whitetail potentially going? And then bring it back to the blacktail. Sure. Uh, <laughs> well, there's always exceptions to this, right? I mean, you're always gonna you're always gonna hear that deer, especially in uh, you know whitetail, because because whitetail deer are tracked so much more throughout the year, and they you know their their characteristics are so like that's that's the deer I've been watching all yeah. year, right? So from a whitetail standpoint, you know generally with the food sources that they have. They don't go very far either. Um, come the rut, you know, you have, I would say, five to seven miles is usually kind of like they'll, they'll definitely area. move. Yeah. yeah. And again, it depends how many does there are and like how dominant they are. If they're if they don't have to move, they won't move. But right, you right? hear a lot of guys have mm-hmm. you have multiple cameras. You're mm-hmm. like, man, I saw this yeah. buck. He's he over was, here he and then two he's miles away. But you're mm-hmm. right. It kind of stays mm-hmm. in that circumference. Yeah. Would I would say. say so. Bringing it back to blacktail. Um, you could probably in the summertime you could you could even probably bring that even a little bit tighter um especially it sounds like especially if they're mountain bucks because they're not moving as much yeah they just don't have to and that's the other thing is like you know with these high elevation deer is they don't get any pressure generally you know you don't have people pressure yeah so they just don't to john's point earlier they have food they have water they have cover why would they go very far you know and then they shouldn't now when it comes to It's hard to tell, for me anyway, and John can chime in on this, with blacktail because you don't have that, you generally don't track those deer all year. And, you know, and that's kind of the beauty of blacktail hunting. You kind of never know what you're going to see. You know, you, you can right. you can see monster bucks <laughs> at any time, right? Yeah. Like, I've never seen that buck before in my life. They so. continually he's itching. He's yeah, itching to talk. They, no, I'm just I'm just <laughs> hearing you. I mean, Jake's Jake's right. Um, I want to go hunting right now. We uh, uh, I have. You know, you know, done some some studies for my own benefit, and you know, family, friends, and family. But if you're talking about valley deer, because you got to break them up again, because they act a little bit differently. So the valley deer um, during the summer months, uh, in you know, we're talking you know clear cut areas. There's lots of water, lots of food. You don't see the bucks and the does together so much. You'll have those bachelor group of bucks. And that can be as as far as maybe a mile apart. You know, here's a good example. I'm thinking of a place, you know, half an hour south of here, where we have multiple cameras deployed for you know 365 days, and all summer long you'll have bucks on you know a little bit higher in elevation, maybe in a unit, you know, bastard up in velvet, and a mile away, maybe a little bit lower. There'll be does on these cameras, and for whatever reason, they're they're just, not mixing. They're not not very same. much, not very much. And but you know, a, a, a home um, radius of a buck, uh, you know, down lower where there's lots of cover, isn't going to be that much. It might be a mile or two. And so some, that is the, that is kind of a difference in, yeah. in between the two. So it's yeah. not too far. So I guess his answer would be there is a decent chance you would see that same buck in that region. Yes, there's a, yeah, especially if he hasn't been bumped, you know, by pressure. Yep. You know, obviously there's mm-hmm. lots of other things that go into it, but Darren's got another question here. It's uh, and then we'll we'll get to some fun clothing stuff. It looks like here, guys. Um, sure. Are they are they hunted as hard as mule deer and whitetail? I'm used to mule deer getting pushed out their comfortable areas during the season. I think what he's asking is. <clears throat> If they get, if you get pressure on them, a do they get as much pressure as mm-hmm. someone hunting mule deer? And b if they do, 
do can you expect if you bump a, a mule deer out you might get him back a week or two later on camera if you're lucky this is late season hunting or is he thinking let's like go early? late season because that's kind of where we're headed to okay. um and then you know a lot of times this is where you see bucks go forever right? yeah <laughs> i never see these bucks again <clears throat> do you experience the same in blacktail i know it's different between valley and a mountain but let's just say mountain bucks we're just the big boys here if you bump one is is he just gone or is there an opportunity maybe you can hunt that same area again next weekend type of thing yeah. well we've seen uh john i know will <laughs> attest to this because there's been we have had a couple of those bucks where we've seen year after year and we've had been able to identify what they what they look like a unique characteristic um blacktails seem to take any advantage to go nocturnal if you give them one they will they will take it i don't see them as much like a white toe where you just they'll just like vacate the area completely like they'll move 40 acres and like that's our home now for a while um from what we've seen on camera and a lot of it is what you see on camera and which is awesome is you know those bucks will come back relatively soon but it's hard to get them back into a daylight pattern you know if you're you know over a hunting spot and they again given that that reprod and the cover that they have right they don't they can do <laughs> they can do so much rod activity kind of undercover they'll just do that and then you know you, you just won't see them as much do you, what do you think no yeah absolutely absolutely agree now um you know both uh, both deer, if it's in a rut, you know, if they're truly like rut crazed and, they're, and you, you know, you bump them in the act of a, of a doe um, and they're in that rut trance, mule deer or blacktail, they're going to go where she goes. Um, so in a lot of cases, it's was there a doe with that buck and did I bump her or did he, you know, did he actually win me? Uh, or see me in that case and and then they're not going to go far like Jake said they don't have to go very far to feel safe they just go in another quarter mile or uh, yeah, 100, 200, 300 the yards and they're in a thicket and yeah. they feel they feel great um, where mule deer might go farther distances because he has to go that distance to, get, to feel get, like he's got yeah to get into those yeah. you know aspens or you mm-hmm. know that place where he feels safe so I see you guys are very passionate about blacktail hunting. I know I've hunted with you guys, and you and you've kind of left me behind in the hills. You got a little bit better physical conditioning. That doesn't take much, though. It's the short legs. It's the short legs. I've never seen so many inhalers <laughs> yeah. in my life. Oxygen or excuses like oxygen. rattling around in the pack. What is yeah. that? What is that sound? And it's 100% oxygen. It does right. work if you need it. And I, I highly recommend it if your tree stands over 20 feet because that is hard to get. <laughs> yeah. But you guys have a passion for blacktail hunting. And I can see that you've carried that over into it looks like a business now. Um, if you guys want here in a second, I know maybe you guys, I'll do some giveaways and I'll pay for them again. And they're like, don't give it away. We got to sell this stuff. But I know you guys are doing very well already. What what do you guys have? It looks like Prairie Man Outfitters, cool logo by the way. I like that. Um, and then you have Blacktail specific cut type stuff. What, tell me mm-hmm. how this started. What is this all about? How did this start? That's a good question. Um, necessity. But we had uh, so we started a podcast like two years ago, and you know the the genesis throughout that was always like, man, you know we 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 really like to get into apparel because. Um, as hunters and out, just outdoorsmen in general, um, we love to fish too and, and shed hunt and, you know, camp, whatever. Yeah. We saw an opportunity to, and again, not a necessity, it's like, man, I want to represent what we do, right? And if, whether I'm going out to eat with my wife yeah. and kids 
or you know we're going shopping or you know whatever just sitting around the campfire like you want to represent what you do and not always wear camo or you know maybe something that's wife your, doesn't always like not camo. you know although All camo is kind of trendy you yeah. know mm-hmm. sometimes it's not always for so anyway so we had the idea to come up with a clothing line and after the podcast got going we transitioned uh from the Crave to Praying Man Outfitters, which was our outdoor apparel line. So that's where we are. The Blacktail stuff, you know. You got another shirt back here. Grab yeah. this one here. Blacktail. Short, short legs and short arms. Can't quite. I got it. <laughs> Just you got it. Just tip, yeah. tips of the finger. This is, oh, you got even a nice little logo on the back that you don't yeah. see that all the time. I like that. Mm-hmm. Front of this is a uh, very blacktail specific, very clever with the antler. I see what you did there. Blacktails don't get a lot of love. No, they don't. You know, so we uh, we we wanted to uh, make sure that they were well represented in a cool way, um, and uh, so yeah, we do have a couple blacktail specific pieces. But uh, elk and right here. Sure, there you go. Right on that monster. <laughs> what else do you, do you have? Anything else you want to share with us? Um, so if you go to prayingman.com, www.prayingman.com. Praying with, with an E. With an E. P-R-E-Y. Like P-R-E-Y. P-R-E-Y. Um, there's lots of different offerings on there. And uh, like here's just a here's just one of uh, many we have. This is a Hunt Oregon shirt. We're Oregon boys um, for the most part. Jake's an Oregon boy now, even though he's from Wisconsin. Ten years um, in, I think it qualifies. Yeah. You just have to. Till yeah. doesn't it's, claim it's it, though. That's interesting. Kicking and screaming. Yeah, so yeah. That's, a, that's a Hunt Oregon shirt. That's been really popular. And, and all these are done on uh on you know high quality garments you know yeah, these this are is nice. these this are is really soft that. feel you know they're poly cotton blends and um we are uh, this is all this stuff's made here locally well sure mm-hmm. let's so. we got we got let's do this we'll show a couple of those and i think you guys have maybe potentially a little offer you can provide mm-hmm. those guys to so stay with us we may. but just let's just run through them real quick might as well show these designs up we got a chance here we yeah we brought a handful so we have the oregon um um, like I said, there's more on the website, but uh, this is front a, Jake. We'll get the camera. Bring we'll get one of our guys back face. there, right in front. Yeah. Of and the best thing yeah. to do is keep this up above. Right there in front of my face. Go. Don't see there his you face. Go. You're yeah. gonna go. So that's cool. I like that. And it's healthy. Seems like it. Can I get one, John? Staying with the elk thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, elk thing. You know, lifestyle type stuff and clever. It's like nice. That. Good. Good work. To John's point, too, I mean, uh, we're, we're doing all the printing here. We're trying to keep it as much local and in the States as, as, as possible. So um, even the hats, you know, we're, we're using a local uh, company that produces hats. Um, we're printing everything uh, ourselves. John's finding out that uh, all the work that Nate and I did on the back end with website and design, he, now it's his turn. <laughs> That's to not do why. Work. I know Nate as well. Yeah. And when you say Nate and I did on the back end, is that more Nate did? Nate's standing behind the camera. At least, <laughs> Nate, give me some love. Come on, I did a lot of work. He did, he did. He did. All right. He's paying him under that I will give you that 20 later. So. Uh, yeah. Here's some cool stuff, guys. Right out of the gate, Rob Knight's like, oh, and there's, there's like 15 H's on the O, so he's very serious about it. That's pretty cool. He says, like that shirt. Is there a question um, mark? No. <laughs> and then Brian says, I like the logo. I think that's that Praying Man logo, which is freaking sweet. <clears throat> Thank um, you. I like that a lot. That's cool. <clears throat> and then Micah says, need to get some stickers of Blacktail. Everything seems to be white tail, but I think that's coming, mm-hmm. right? Do yes. you guys yeah. have that, yeah. maybe? No. no, we do not have it, but it is coming. But it yeah. is. Trademark, mm-hmm. you can't, nobody else can do it. You need to let Brain Man do it. Um, and then there's some cool hats you guys have going on there, and I see mm-hmm. you're going with that kind of that popular camel. That's pretty neat looking as well. Mm-hmm. But do you guys have any promos you want to offer them? We do. We do. So... 
John's like, that's cutting into margins. Yes, it is. <laughs> we spent, we're running a business here, guys. Uh, so uh, use anybody that's that's watching or watches this. Uh, use the promo code Hunt Fish Prey P R E Y. And what was it? Ten percent off. A hundred percent. That's hundred percent. That's too many zeros. Ten percent off. So <laughs> use uh, when you go to the shopping cart. Just in the uh, promo code, use Hunt Fish Prey P R E Y, and you get ten percent off. If you have an issue. Um, we're on social media, so obviously check out our Facebook page, yeah. like us. It makes a huge difference. If you guys uh, mm. can get on our page and like us and promote us, um, we'll continue to. Here's the other thing: we are the, the fact that we're doing everything in house gives us the ability to change things quickly. So if you you know have something that you want to see, um, the Hunt Oregon, we have Hunt Oregon, Hunt uh, Wisconsin. Uh, we obviously there's a few more states out there uh, that we want to represent as well. So let us know what you want to see. If it's Montana, if it's uh, Texas, um, Florida, whatever. You know, let us know and we'll we'll try to make. I got it. a couple here. Matthew says I love I love to eat elk shirt. That's a good one. And uh, Gary says that John's shirt will fit me just. I'm sure of it. So <laughs> John's a, I don't, John's a wide guy. So Gary, husky. This Good is job. a 4XL. <laughs> so if you're a 4X guy, then am I. Um, so no, this has been been cool, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. And I'm glad to see you guys took a passion for what you do yeah. and turn it into a business and put the two together. And now you guys have a passion business. Well, I pre we appreciate you having us on. One thing I'll say, finally, just to kind of bring us really back. really short to, on you appreciate it. Anyway, right? We appreciate it. <laughs> uh, this this <laughs> moving platform. On. Well, one thing I wanted to say, and it's it's more of a you know, Bowtech thing, is, is <laughs> I found this out very quickly when hunting blacktails. A lot of times, I don't want to say a lot of times, I would say 98% of the time, your shots on a blacktail are not going to be a flat shot. So... Um, when, when, you, when, you, when, when I'm saying are you is when a tree stand, or are you talking to actual well, environment tree stand. You're no, or? your 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 elevation changes, your side side hills. Side hills are probably so when you're practicing. So we're like this. When you're practicing and like this and like that, like this. When you're practicing with your with your realm or your uh, your rain, whatever or Romex. Uh, or your destroyer 350 or how far back when you go patriot, um, mighty might mighty might. Well, you're a rascal. Samson. There's a lot of <laughs> Whatever. You know, Whatever you, boat you you're know shooting, your it doesn't um, Just seriously, it's, it's take the time to shoot some side hill stuff. Keep an eye on your bubble. Like, take your time. If you can't do it yourself, go into a shop and get your, your axis fixed so your bubble is true and, and practice because that's... It just stinks when you... Have you had experience with this? Several. Several, and So yeah. what's the... the like, what Jake's referring <clears throat> to is that, that it's so steep in some of these mm -hmm. areas and you're shooting down it mm -hmm. and you think you're, you're level, mm -hmm. uh, but when you start to go down, you actually aren't level anymore. And it can make <clears throat> a big difference on shot placement when you don't have all yeah. those things true. And you're not... When you're typically practicing, it's like most people. They go out there, they put a... A target out at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 yards here on yeah. flat ground, or maybe it's you know, sitting up a little, and you shoot that all day. And if, yeah. you, if you've even just gone on a little bit of an angle and do that, you go, oh, my bubble. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Imagine, you know, you're doing that at, at a And it's not as much. Scale. Uh, I can see where you're going, probably. It's, oh, yeah. It's not as much, like, downhill and uphill. It's side hill shooting. You know, yeah. when, you're on, when you're on a steep side hill and you have to shoot an angle, whether it's not straight up or straight down. If your third axis is off on your site, you're going to get left or right impacts depending on, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of hill you're on. So that's a good tip. 
Even if you set it Expert before elk season, you know, double check it right now. There's a lot of good resources online just to, you know, Google, you know, third access adjustment. But what I would suggest is call up your local dealer, say, hey, do you have time if I was bringing my bow and you could, you know, set the third access up on my site. And if he says, if he says yes, if he's not slammed, perfect. Take it in there if it's not too far and, and get that set because there's lots of, lots of ghost mm -hmm. or sad stories out there. Of people not being successful because of that reason. Yeah. Did you say there's a lot of ghosts? I almost too? said because I was thinking of ghost. Part buck. of the reason you ghost buck. Ghost buck. Oh, I. I was thinking of. I had. There's God. another story. In my You're head. gonna freak That's people funny. out. We said, yeah. "Come blacktail hunting." Man, there's ghosts. It's not good. It's, it's all. We had a question yeah. again. What is the website? It is. It is prayingman.com. P R E Y I N G man M A N dot com. Yeah. Right. Um, you can get there. And then Justin has a good point to to what you were mentioning, Jake. Is there's a lot of Mm. challenges and shoots mm -hmm. out there that you can go do mm -hmm. and that's I would highly recommend that the first time you do that it's going to be a good experience it's going to be an eye-opening experience for you um, as well what he's, what he's referring to is 3D shoots 3D shoots uh, you know more, more, yeah just just hill shots so alright guys well appreciate you coming <clears throat> by remember text in go live to 77453 and anytime we go live you'll get a notification we'll send it to you via text um, and Make sure you take a look at this. We love to support people that are active in our in the archery community and supporting archery. Um, glad to have Jake and John on board with us here today. And look at this cool stuff. And don't forget the promo code is Hunt Fish Prey, and you get ten percent off of this stuff. Appreciate yep. it, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you bet. It's a strong shake. <laughs> He's got. To, that's right. He broke your hand. <laughs>